Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Tuesday this week, and you know what that means. It means another episode of Carpool Rugby League. We are a day early uh, here with the podcast, which is um, well, not a bad thing. We're getting a lot of good feedback about the uh, the Tuesday editions every now and then, but uh, hand was forced being teacher's uh, parent-teacher interview tomorrow night, so uh, Tuesday night recording, Chameleon, and given the fact that we, uh, we didn't get um, a podcast in the can last week, there's uh, uh, a lot. It was officially a week of mourning, Graham. It was. We, uh, we, were, we were off <laughs> for the week as, as teachers. A week was, of mourning. It was, it was one of those things I was almost going to say as teachers were, were striking due to the, uh, the disappointment from, uh, from State of Origin 1, but it almost was a week of mourning. And um, look, we may be upset. We may have been mourning um, the... the the sadness continues for a lot of players. Uh, to say that Freddie has wielded the axe would be an understatement. He's, I heard someone say he got the machine gun out and went absolutely ballistic. So we'll we'll talk a lot about Origin tonight on the podcast. We've got the um, the Origin preview, and a lot of that's going to be uh, going back and looking at the events that unfolded in Origin 1. Um, there's also some other footy this week to look forward to on Friday. We've got the, um, the women's state of origin match. We'll, uh, have a chat about that as well as keep you guys up to date with the other internationals that are going on this weekend in the, um, the NRL, but, uh, well in rugby league, but, uh, you know, moving to the NRL, which is our bread and butter Griffo, we might go back to look at last week because, um, since we've done a podcast, we've got a few, um, yeah, a few changes in regards to the NRL uh, positions on the ladder. A few teams are starting to hit form. Um, a few teams struggling. And really, one of those teams that are struggling brings us to the first game we saw last week on Thursday night. Um, that's the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're still in the top eight. They're uh, sitting in seventh position. But the team that's currently in eighth is the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons. And they absolutely blew them off the park Thursday night. 32 points to 12. It was 32 nil at half time. Um, I, I know that uh, you may not have seen this game in its entirety, but uh, just if, even just discussing the impact of having a side like South Sydney, last year's grand finalist, um, getting blown off the park against teams that are also competing for top eight spots in that scrap around the eighth and ninth position. Yeah. Um, as you said, I, I didn't. Uh didn't watch the game live because I was being entertained by the comedian, uh, an Australian from the United States, um, Jim Jeffries. Um, there was quite a few laughs there. And yeah, it would have been a great. I, night. I, I dare say there might be a few laughs from some Dragon supporters <sighs> at the first half of, of what the Rabbitohs dished up. Um, I mean, you know, it, it would have uh, been quite painful for you to watch, really. Uh, it was just diabolical, their defense. And I, I, I don't know what's going on with that team. Um, even Cam Murray missed tackles. Like, I don't know whether he's still being affected by the injuries he's had. 
I, I've got to assume he is because he doesn't he doesn't make those missed tackles normally. Um, it's it's a worry for him because uh, yeah, I know they got Latrell coming back, but uh, they're actually I'm looking at the ladder and they're actually still in seventh position yeah. somehow. It's unbelievable how they can. <laughs> so, a little bit of gloom and doom, but maybe not too much because there's there's nine teams behind him on the ladder. Um, but it's worrying signs, really. Uh, they've already had their buy. That's why they're on 16 points. Yeah, good point. Um, yep. Roosters, uh, Roosters are out of the, the eight, two points behind, as are the Sea Eagles. Both those teams have got their buy coming, but. I think of of you know then there's the Raiders there as well, Graham, and then they yeah, you know, they got yeah. away with the game last week, probably a little lucky, um, but they're a danger as well. Um, and it's uh, after that, well, it's kind of fodder, but so there's eleven teams vying for for eight spots. Uh, I think the top six, uh, I think, pretty much lock in all of those teams. So we've got five teams vying for two spots that's that's a that's how i'm seeing it and and the thing is you gotta remember with south sydney this was the part of the draw that a lot of people were looking at saying okay they're coming into an easy run we talked about on the podcast and said you know they may have started off a bit bit sketchy but they're coming into a run where they're they're playing teams they should beat and this was one of those games which we highlighted and said they they should win um if we look at their their run uh towards the end of the season it is horrible um just working backwards from the end of the year we we know their their final regular season game in round 25 is going to be against the roosters um that'll be the first game at the the newly opened rebuilt sfs but working backwards the week before that they play the cowboys the panthers the eels so their last four rounds eels panthers cowboys roosters they've still got to play the storm and the sharks again their next game is actually against the eels so you've got para twice the storm Penrith, Sharks, you know, they got any the, they got any also runs left, Graham, or are they playing? There's a, look, they, they've got a couple. I mean, in all fairness, they've still got to play the Knights, Bulldogs, and Warriors. Okay, they should. Um, they have to win those three. They, they they lose any of any of those games. I think they're, you know, they're uh, they're dead rabbits. Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, this is where you look at a side like the Dragons in this. Um, in this little battle here, they're now put, they've pushed into eighth position. Um, this is where you start to see those teams that are getting in that scrap and you say, okay, you're in that fight for the top eight. If you're beating those other teams that are fighting for the top eight, um, you're more likely going to be the team that gets into the top eight. Um, the dragons, I know they've still got some tough games, uh, to come, but they'll they'll be full of confidence, I think, at the moment, Griffo, given the fact that they are sitting in the eight. Well, and they'll be full of confidence this week, Graham. It could all turn pretty quickly. Yeah, it's true. Weeks a long time in in rugby league, yeah. and and like we said, when we actually look at the draw it's, um, itself, uh, sorry, the ladder itself, there's still you know the the, the Sydney Roosters and the, the Manly Seagulls sitting just outside of the eight currently with a buy in hand. So they're going to come into play there. So, um, look, it's going to be really tough. I think the, the thing to take out of last week is that um, we can't just uh, assume that South Sydney are a top eight team anymore, which will be you know, the first time in a long time we've been um, 
we've been saying that. Uh, the other games last week, we saw the Cowboys continue their winning run. Um, Des Haslow, I'll tell you what, he's probably tearing his hair out over this one. If you didn't see this game, uh, if you've got Fox, KO, whatever, you can watch the mini, have a look at it. If uh, if you if you want to see something amazing, um, turn it on about the 70th minute. The Cowboys scored three tries, I think it was, in the last eight Minutes. I think there was the 72nd, 73rd, 75th minute. There were three very quick tries to win this game. They're, they're, they're starting to look like a real contender now, um, Griffo. They're outright third on the ladder, 22 points. They just keep winning. This is the team that we had for the wooden spoon. Yeah, we were wrong. Yeah, they're not winning the wooden spoon. I think we can say that with confidence. I think it's a fair bet on 22 points. Yeah, uh, and with a buy in hand, they ain't taking out the wooden spoon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the wooden spoon's going to be lower than 24 points this year. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable um, though, isn't it? It's a great run. Oh, it is. Credit it is, them. but absolutely. Um, and they're good to watch. They're good to watch. Uh, they certainly like to throw the ball around. They try and uh, go wide at, at you know at every opportunity, and uh, they got a lot of guys in form. When you you know. When you couldn't find a spot for the hammer in in the uh, starting thirteen, that sort of tells you how good they were going. Uh, when the hammer came back from injury, he had to wait till Kyle Felt got injured so he could get into the starting lineup. Um, yeah, uh, there's no signs really that the wheels are going to fall off either. Um, it's not just that I mentioned they're good to watch in attack, but they've got the second best defensive record and they were woeful last year in defense um so it's good signs uh i think they make the top four i can't see i can't uh, i'm I'm not i'm not looked at their draw i'm not really concerned about their draw because to be fair i i think the only teams that i i think you know are likely to beat them at the moment are the panthers and the storm I think you know, I, I, I throw Parry in there. I think Parry can can give him a good shot as well. But uh, big game next uh, round when they come up against the Broncos. Yeah. Um, because both sides are going well. Unfortunately, the Broncos got a few injuries. But um, yeah, the only two teams I'd be confident say they're going to beat the Cowboys, are the Panthers and the Storm. And I don't think they're. I mean, obviously, uh, they do have to play the Panthers. Um, before the end of the season. They actually play them in round 25, the final round up in Townsville. That's going to be an absolute blockbuster. That was probably a game at the start of the year that um, didn't really turn many heads, and a lot of Panthers fans might have thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to rest stars before the finals. But uh, uh, that's going to be a massive game. You know, I know that we're, we're starting to head into that, that point now with, you know, what, about 10 or so rounds to go where we look at the runs home, and you, you mentioned that, that big game against the Broncos this week. The week after, they have the bye. So keep in mind, there's still the bye there. Uh, there's, there's still got a lot of teams to, to play that you would expect them to beat. As you said, the only teams you'd expect them probably not to get the wins against are the Panthers and Storm. But, you know, they've got the Sharks in round 18, which will be a great test. But then they have a run where they play the Tigers, Dragons, Bulldogs, Roosters, Warriors... 
Rabbitohs then finish off on the Panthers. There's a lot of games in there where um, you'd expect them to win, and I, I really can't see them uh, like yourself. I can't see them losing their top four uh, spot. I, I, I really can't so, see that happening. So Yeah, that, that draw, you know, I'm thinking they win most of those games. I'd imagine so. I'd, 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 I think they'd have to, the teams would have to be having a great night and the Cowboys to have an off night, given what we've seen uh, thus far this year. Um, but, but speaking of off nights, um, the Manly Seagulls, just when you think sometimes they're going to have a good night, they tend to have an off night. They're, they're another team that um, at the moment, I think they've got seven wins and eight losses. They're another team that we, um, we, we they're going to have to work hard to get in the top eight. That's basically what I'm saying now. Yeah, I think last week's loss, the losing the unlosable could really bite them in the backside come, um, you know, semi-final time because they had that game. They were 14 in front with, you know, seven or eight minutes to go. And then with four or five minutes to go, they actually found themselves behind. So um, Cowboys, like three tries in three or four minutes. You just, if you're a quality team, you don't let that happen. Yep. You know? Yeah, no, that, that's a fair point. You know, you don't see your... You, you contenders doing that type of thing. So you, you're almost starting to feel now with the competition that um, even though the table seems quite tight, you're feeling as though the Panthers and, and Storm are sort of breaking away with the Cowboys just sitting in behind them. And it's, um, yeah, it's going to be really tough, I feel, for, for some of these teams that even though they are well entrenched in the eight to, to really make... A push for the final, to push for the premiership, I should say. They'll make the finals. But um, speaking of the the Melbourne Storm, they beat the Brisbane Broncos the other night uh, on Friday, thirty two points to twenty. Um, and this, at the time going into the game, was a um, a top four clash. Uh, the Broncos, I think, now are technically sitting in fifth position after this game. The Sharks have uh, gone up to fourth. But in reality, there was a point in this game just before halftime, probably about five or so minutes before halftime, um, where the Broncos were up and they were they were doing quite well. They let in a couple of tries right on halftime. I think Munster and Hughes both got over the line, and then in the second half, the Storm really came out and kicked on. Um, we know the quality of the Storm, Griffo, but... Given that game the other night, we saw the Broncos come up against a quality team. Where exactly do you have the Broncos at the moment, given that they're pushing for the top four? And also keeping in mind, too, um, they have a couple of key injuries, most notably uh, Adam Reynolds. Yeah, I I, I rate them highly. Um, Injuries are starting to to bite. Uh, Herbie Farmworth could be out for the season. Um, that's a problem That'd for them. Huge, yeah. That's that's um, unfortunate. That that's unfortunate not only for the Broncos but for himself because oh, he's yeah. been excellent this year. Look, I, I hope he gets back on the field, particularly with the World Cup, um, not too you know far after the grand final. So um, you'd think as long as it's after first. Origin, we're happy. Yeah. Look. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah but he, he you'd think he'd be. Uh, He'd be wearing the red, white, and blue of of, of Great Britain, um, and and you want to see the best players playing in that tournament, you know. Um, 
obviously you want Australia to win, but you want to see a competitive number of teams there. But Farmworth's, uh, he's a loss. Reynolds, he's missed quite a few games, but the Broncos mm. have won nearly every one of those games anyway, um, which tells you a lot about the club. And, and, you know, so much has been said about the influence of Adam Reynolds in, in this Broncos resurgence. And you can't under, underplay that. But for them to be able to win, even when he's not there, um, says a lot about the guys around him. It's not just Adam Reynolds. He's he's the man in the, in the driver's seat. Um, but, but the players... And, and most of them had, had been at the Broncos for a while. Um, they've got direction now. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I really think they're they're in this premiership. Um, I did see him play against the Panthers live uh, a couple of months ago. They were without Payne Haas that night. And um, they were very competitive uh, in the first half. But then towards the end of the game, the Panthers sort of blew them away and the score bloomed out quite significantly. But um, that was without Payne House. So I really think they they can make the four, but I'll be surprised if they do. I think Parramatta, um, the team... uh, Yeah, look, I think... I think Para have lost their last game against the also runs. I don't think we're going to see that again. Um, I might be wrong, but when you've been beaten by the Bulldogs and the Tigers, Mm. um, you've had your wake up call. And I don't think we're going to see that sort of uh, uh, looseness, I guess, for want of a better term from the Eels. I think they're going to be switched on irrespective of which team they play. And uh, we know that they can beat the best. Um, so I really think they're, they're a threat. If I was to name the top four now, without looking at a draw or anything, I think it's Panthers, Storm, Cowboys, Eels. And then I think Broncos uh, are either in fifth or sixth. Um, and, then, and likewise, the Sharks. So then it becomes who gets seven and eight. And, and as I said, there's five teams with a chance, really. Uh, I, I'm not a, a mathematician. Um, I know all the other teams mathematically can make it. Mm. But realistically, um, on any team under the Raiders at the moment, and yeah. I said this, I, I've said it you know, previous, I'm not saying it for the first time tonight. Yeah. I drew the line either last time we, we spoke or the time before that. It's not a, a math thing. It's just the teams aren't playing well. Yeah, uh, and, and and even just an indicator of that, like obviously there's a gap between the Raiders and the Knights on the table. You go from a team in the Raiders whose record is seven and eight to the Knights who are four and ten. But even you look at the the, the four and against, like you can't see teams that are at this point of the competition with the four and against of minus one seventy eight pushing for the. For the for the top eight, they just they just can't get there, and even with the with the um for and against, it's it's going to be hard. The team I think that's going to really struggle. I, I know we just talked about Griffon. I only just noticed this talking about the for and against. 
is when they get in that scrap for the top eight. The Dragons have a four and against of minus 72. Yeah. That's going to be really hard to overcome. So just keep that in mind, I suppose, for the punters out there. Um, but yeah, with the with the Broncos going great, as I alluded to there, with the um, with the injuries and the origin period, there are players that are involved in origin, and for them, they'll want these players back, um, you know, as much to cover the origin period or the origin hangover uh, that they're getting, which is, you know, something that the Cowboys are going to have to face as well, given their formers yeah. uh, in this competition, so... There's a, there's a lot of ongoing factors there as well. So just, um, just before we move on, watch that space, yeah. isn't it? Just want to go back to the readers and the knights. You said there's a gap of four points, and I mean there's a gap of like nearly 150 on four and against there. But had the knights have had any sort of football smarts <laughs> at all, both these teams would be on 12 points. Yeah, like they led. Just, you know, maybe two minutes or so to go in the game. Yeah, there's a 78th minute that Hudson Young went Milford does a chip and chase from about halfway. Now, to his credit, he got the ball back. Clemmer puts the kick downfield. The Knights make a tackle on Tarpany. Tarpany did well to get it out of his ingle. If he gets caught there, it's probably all over. Um, And it should have been all over anyway because they had him literally pinned on the line with basically a set of six to go. And somehow they gave away a penalty to, to let the Raiders get up to halfway with the, with the kick from the yeah. penalty. And then the Hudson Young, of all people, puts through a chip and, uh, and uh, puts his hand on the ball. I mean, that was just, you, you know, Adam O'Brien, he... I hope he's got a heart, a good heart specialist because uh, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't do these days. He doesn't look too happy, unfortunately. No. The bloke, like oh. he's, he's having a tough time. And this is after How the Raiders, but this is after the Raiders had to play with a man down for ten minutes in the second half. There, and I, th- oh, I know at least one try. I think came came after that. There was the was the Edric Lee try possibly while they hadn't man up. I don't, look, they they might have scored while Elliot Whitehead was in the bin. Yeah, they bombed a couple. Um, yeah. How they did not win that game after yeah. coming from behind. Yeah. Well, that's true because... Astounding. Astounding. Uh, you know, just before half time, I think, was when Kurt Mann went in and there were already a few tries down. Like The Raiders pushed out. The Knights got back in. The Knights got to a point when um, Edric Lee scored with probably 15 minutes to go to... Look like they were going to win. But they, this is the other thing too. Like the, the teams at that part of the... Like if the Knights are serious about making the eight, they win those games. And that's that, that's a really good point, Griffo, when we look at that game there as to why you throw your line through them. It's not mathematical. It's not crunching the numbers and who can and can't make the yep. eight. You're putting a line through them because they basically don't have the heart to win those tough games. And that was evident on Sunday afternoon down in Canberra. Definitely. Um, the other team we were talking about just briefly there, going back to, I suppose, where the Broncos are, the team that did move into the top four at their expense was the Cronulla Sharks. Um, they played at Coffs Harbour on the weekend. It was Saturday they beat the Titans. Um, a lot of points early in this game, and then, you know, towards the end, not much happening. Uh, the Sharks did hold on. They got the job done. It's all you got to do. Uh, they beat the Titans, as everyone has been at the moment. Um, 
I mean, the Titans now, they're, they're last. They're, they're outright last on the table. They've been the yeah. biggest disappointment for me, I think. I, they, they're a team that we all expected to be in the top eight and tipped to be in the top eight based on their form last year and their roster and potential. They've, they've got to be the biggest disappointment of the season. Absolutely. Um, they actually made the eight last year. Mm. They only won 10 games, mind you, but they did make the eight. And they were within a Patrick Herbert pass of making yeah. it in the second, uh, second week of the finals. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They, they shouldn't be in, in position 16 with, with the roster. Um, it's, it's incredibly disappointing for, for all us associated with that club. Um, they're not not going to get near the eight. Um, they're already ten points out. We got what ten rounds to go. Yeah, uh, the mathematicians will give them a hope, but they're you know, let's say they won every game. Well, they'd go to twenty six points, so they'd be in the eight. They ain't going to win every game. So. And on the flip side of this game, we have the Sharks, who um, they've, they've been going really well this year. They're on 20 points, uh, fourth fourth place on uh, for and against alone, also on 20 points. We know the Broncos and Eels. Uh, I think the, the the big credit here has to go to um, Coach Fitzgibbon. I don't know if we've talked enough on this podcast um, really about the achievement that uh, he has made this year. We know they had a good squad. We know they bought well. We knew that the Sharks were going to improve. But we also know that coaching's a really tough gig, especially if you're a new coach. So I think it's it's a fair call to give this man a lot of credit. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, I think they've been off the boil a bit. I thought they were going better earlier in the year. Um, one thing you can say about the Sharks, they, they do seem to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Yep. Um, and they haven't quite beat it at full strength. They've had a few injuries. So principally, uh, Hamlin Ueli has been out for an extended period. Um, and he's, you know, arguably probably is the best forward. So he'll make a difference. I'm not sure when he's due back, but uh, uh, Finucane was out for a while as well. So, yep. um yeah, they haven't been at full strength yet. They still, uh, they're in a very, well, they're in the top four. So um, if they can hold on to that spot, um, they give themselves a chance. I, I don't think they've got the quality of roster to beat the best teams, but certainly um, they're, they're potential top four. Uh, um, I, I think, well, if you look at uh, 20 points, you've got 20 points as Sharks, Broncos, Eels. So at the moment, they're in the top four on four and against. Um, so look, that can go anywhere. Um, I think the Eels are a stronger side. And I probably think the Broncos, if they've got everyone on the field, are, are probably a stronger side as well. But uh, the Sharks have got fourth spot as it is, so it's theirs to lose. Yeah, and, and, and you'll know whether they deserve to be in that top four over the next month or so. Um, next round, uh, after the origin, they do play the Bulldogs, which you'd expect them to win. But, you know, the Bulldogs, uh, credit to them. We'll talk about them in a moment. They've hit a little patch of form. 
But after the Bulldogs game, Griffo, so going around 17, 18, 19, 20, the Sharks will um, they'll, they'll have to be at their best because in round 17, they play the Storm. Round 18, they play the Cowboys. 19, the Panthers. And then round 20, the Rabbitohs. So that run there where they play Storm, Cowboys, Panthers, um, <laughs> they play the top three teams in three consecutive weeks. Some may say that's a tough draw. Some may say that it's the best preparation you can have, um, you know, a month or so out from the finals by the time they get through that run. Uh, but we'll really know where they belong after that. So some really exciting times uh, for us as fans to see what the Sharks do over the next little while. Um, one of those teams I just mentioned there, I don't know what else we can say about them. Um, the Penrith Panthers. 40 points to six winners over the Warriors. Uh, and the Warriors, I think, um, their try was fairly late. I think uh, Panthers might have even got in another one through Toto after that try. But um, it was basically one-way traffic at Redcliffe for the Penrith Panthers. They beat most teams. Oh, they beat all teams pretty much, the Panthers, Griffo. Um, the Warriors are out of form. This was just one of those days where you had one of the top teams playing one of the... Um, the, the lower-ranked teams, and, um, yeah, the, the scoreline reflected quality. Um, problem with the uh, internet connection, I, I think you were talking about the Panthers. Yeah, sorry, man. I was just basically no. basically saying that there was a mismatch in quality here, and, um, yeah. yeah, you have one of the better teams and one of the teams that have really struggled, and the scoreline reflected that. Yeah, look, I thought the Warriors tried hard. Um, Penrith were sort of a bit off their game uh, in that they made some some errors that you wouldn't expect them to see, and uh, it took a while for them to get the first try. Uh, it was 12-0 just before half-time, and, and then they went in at 18-0, um, and then they... Uh, yeah, they won the second half. Probably must have been twenty-two to six. So um, they ended up with forty against six, and it was just the fact that they they got better players. Um, I did I did think the Warriors tried hard, but they're they're struggling, um, and, and Penrith's at the moment uh, not struggling. They're, they've been very fortunate. Uh, very few injuries all year, um, which makes a difference. Mm. Can you hear me? Or? Yeah, yeah, just got to okay. you just saying Sorry. very um, few injuries for the Panthers, which, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's helped. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just uh, almost like a training run, to be honest. Yeah, and, and, and given the way that the Panthers are going... Um, it's, it's no surprise, and we'll talk about the origin in a moment. It's no surprise that they've got um, just about their, their whole squad that's uh, that's eligible are, are just about in a in an origin team. Um, the New South Wales side. I'll make a comparison later on to the New South Wales side we're seeing this week and the um, the lineup that uh, that played the grand final last year. But um, yeah, they're they're flying high. If you want to be any team at the moment in the NRL. You want to be the Panthers, uh, and if you can't be them, you want to be the Storm. Um, you'd have to imagine they'll be there at the pointy end again. 
but two teams that have been uh, scrapping to be at the pointy end in the last few years um, are the Parramatta Eels and the Sydney Roosters. The the story out of this, we talked we've talked about the Eels um, throughout the podcast when we've talked about other teams and the implications and where they are in the eight. I talked about South Sydney being disappointing and not making the top eight. Um, as we currently speak, Griffo, the, the Roosters are not in the top eight. We can make predictions and say that, you know, that they may well get into the eight, but I would not have believed it if someone had told me um, back in March that, you know, late June we're talking about the Roosters not being in the top eight. I, I would have told them they're mad. Yeah. And they've actually lost more games than they've won. That is not something that we expect from the Roosters. Um, I thought they played reasonably well last week. Unfortunately, Para were, were right on their game. and mm. um, It was 26-10, uh, I think, at halftime. Something like that, 26-12. Uh, so it was a fairly high score in first half. Um, Parra didn't score again, but the Roosters only got one try in the second half. So, um, yeah, Parra were hot in that first half. And and when Parra play like that, really, um, they can literally beat anyone. Um, yeah, I think that's so fair I, enough. You've got to give the credit to Parramatta. They are a very good side. Yeah, I don't think the Roosters played badly. Mm. So... And losing um, Kiri, I suppose, would have had a massive impact. Yeah, on, yeah. yeah. Uh, while they've not been decimated like they were last year with injury. Yeah, um, true. They were going better last year yeah. with all the injuries. Yeah, they, they've <laughs> still they've got a few guys out. Um, Waria Hargreaves not been there for a few weeks. Um, Kiri now, uh, well, he went off. So There's a question mark on him. Uh, the butchers, both butchers, uh, went uh, out last week. I'm, I'm not sure if they're long-term injuries. I think one, one of them, they might have been both HIAs, actually. So they do have a week's break because of the uh, rep round. And then the Roosters come up against the Panthers. So um, they're pretty much going to need all hands on deck, you'd think, against the Panthers. Um, but again, yeah. Uh, Panthers, uh, that game is on uh, Friday next week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether the Panthers do rest players out of origin. And, and, and in saying that, almost every Panther is playing this week in, in uh, one of the rep games. I think there's only about three of the 17 from last weekend who are not involved in a game this week. So while they've got the week off, technically, um, that's only applying to a couple of players, really. You know, Edwards, Jamin Salmon and Mitch Kenny, I think they're the only guys not uh, not lining up uh, in the rep round. Um, so Roosters might be a chance, um, depending on who lines up that night for the Panthers. But the reality is, I do think the Roosters will make the eight. Um simply because there's so much quality there. I don't know what their draw is, but they have lined up against good sides in, in a lot of games. Um, I know they've dropped some points against lesser lights 
starting in the first round with the Knights and then the Anzac Day surprise against the Dragons. But, uh, yeah, the Bulldogs beat them as well. Maybe they have lost a few games against teams they should beat. Um, anyway, yeah, I still go, think uh, they yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogs beat the Roosters. Um, yeah, I mean, going back through the, the Roosters, uh, okay, yeah, they had the Eels and Storm. They lost to the Raiders. You probably would have expected them to win that. They lost to the Bulldogs. They lost to the Dragons on um, Anzac Day. So there's a few games there. I mean, I know they've, they've they've come up against a lot of big teams, and like you said, they've got uh, the Panthers before the bye. Um, they'll be hoping to snag a few in that run home, but I mean, they've still got to play the Storm again. Um, the Broncos are in there. As you said, Panthers this week, it's, it's going to be tough for them. They've got a fair bit of work to do, the Roosters. So yeah. But they're the I team... I just think of those... They're the, they've got the quality there in they the do. roster. And they're the team that, you know, if they if they make the eight, which I expect them to make the eight, even if it's coming in that... And look, if they get on a bit of a run, in this competition, there's not much difference between, you know, ninth and, and sixth or... You know, they, they they could they could get a home semi final and finish fifth or sixth. That's not unrealistic. Um, they will be a team you'd want to watch out for in the bottom half of the eight that can really yeah. push sides. And uh, they we know with Trent Robinson teams they peak at the right time of year. However, we would really think they'd want to get their um, butts into gear fairly shortly. And um, I know you're gonna love this one. I always love giving you the odds because especially when they're a bit outrageous and yeah. we know there's still a fair bit of time. I mean, we're still, you know, a week and a half out from the um, Friday night footy game out at Penrith between Panthers and Roosters. The early odds have the Panthers at a dollar eighteen and the Roosters five bucks. Gotta love those yeah, that's odds. Crazy. It's madness, isn't it? So um, yeah, a bit of fun there. We don't condone betting, but we sometimes have a laugh at what the bookmakers have. Um, the only other game we haven't talked about yet, Griffo, from last week, is the, the Bulldogs. They're on a bit of a run now, 36 points to 12. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, hang on, Graham. They only beat the Tigers, but um, look, win's a win. And uh, at the moment, the Bulldogs have been winning games. Uh, we've seen the ability to score points over the past couple of weeks. Um 34-4, they beat the Eels, and then 36-12 last week over the Tigers. I think that'll be the most pleasing thing for um, for Dogs fans. I think probably the turning point came around, you know, that round 11 where they played the Tigers. Even though they lost, they were able to score points. They went down 36-22. They got 24 points in their loss against the Dragons, 18 points against the Panthers, which isn't a bad effort, albeit... Uh, impacted by origin so we know now this side can score points we just really need them to consistently um you know put together good performances we'll talk about the tigers in a moment we don't want to fully depress our our, our listeners we might start on the positive but but, but realistically it's, there's some good signs there at the moment from the bulldogs considering where they've come earlier on in the season when we were really really disappointed in just about everything they did yeah, they are. They're, they don't look anything like the team that was struggling for points, struggling for any sort of 
happiness out on the field. Um, the shackles have been broken, it would seem, and they're, they're tossing the ball around. They've, they've brought through some uh, some handy players. Uh, Kiraz looks good. Um, Avarillo looks good at fullback. Yep. You've got sh- uh, the shoot, shoot dog. dog. He's a solid center. Um, Burton's you know, obviously to, Burton's you know, gone great guns. Adol Carr's back to his you know best form and um, yeah, they just look like a football team now. Um, Even Marshall King had a dummy half. Like the, the yeah, he's been really like, good. Yeah, yeah but I, I think he's you know he's he was even good when the team wasn't going so well. Yeah. Um, He's off to the Dolphins because they've got Reed Marnie coming in next year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd kick out to to what they've got there. And, That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's signs, but it, we thought this year they were going to. You know, we talked about who was coming in, um, and it and it didn't quite work at the start, but it's certainly looking good now. Mm. Um, so, while they're you know currently on eight points. Um, you'd have to think, if anything, they might go a little bit higher up the ladder, but I don't think they can go much higher. Um, I can't see them, you know, like I could see them maybe jump in the nights, possibly, but then it's a big gap to yeah. the, the Raiders, Seagulls, Roosters. So I think at best, at best, they, they come in 12th, but from where they were, um, you know, when, you know, they're sucking a coach and whatnot, yeah, well, you know, I think they'd be pretty happy with with the direction that uh, they're heading. They're looking um, a lot better under Potter. I mean... Indeed, yeah, we, they are. And, and I mean, he's come in and, and they're playing a different brand of football. Um, they're tossing the ball around and then and they're giving themselves a chance to score tries and they're scoring quite a few. Um, so good luck to them. Uh, yep. Yeah. As I said, uh, table-wise, I can't see him doing better than 12th. But uh, as I said, from where they were when they sucked well, their coach, they would have yeah. rubbed that, absolutely. Three three weeks ago, um, <clears throat> you know, that, that w- it would have just been a massive achievement to get off the bottom of the ladder. We couldn't see – we weren't even sure if they'd win any more games this year. So it's been a big turnaround. Uh, another team who's got an interim coach, the West Tigers – they were on the losing end of this one. Brett Kamali hasn't had a great start over there. Um, they're struggling. They they do not look good, the West Tigers. I don't know how else I can put that, Griffo. They are really, really struggling in this one. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know where the Tigers go from here. They're, they're, they're probably, I don't want to say they're the basket case of the NRL, but I'm, I'm going to. Well, I think there's a few baskets to choose from, Graham. It's like um, Easter weekend. Yeah. We've got all the eggs yeah. in the basket. There's baskets um, everywhere. But they're, they're no. probably the one at the moment that you just... I mean, I know we talked about the Titans and Warriors, but the Tigers, geez. Yeah, they're, they're struggling. Um, it's a big game next round in the Basket Cup. Um <laughs> And the Warriors <laughs> playing for the wicker basket against the Warriors. Yeah. Um, They'll the be looking forward to the that. Warriors. There is it's going to be back in New Zealand, so yeah, you think be, that's going to make it even tougher for the Tigers. Eh? Yeah, realistically, uh, 
you know, that, that I think that could be a battle for the spoon. I, I know the Gold Coast are, are behind them at the moment on, on six points. Um, and they're, they're definitely in the mix for the spoon. But uh, the Tigers have already had their bye. They have. So um, they're going to have to win another couple of games, you'd think. If the Warriors get the Tigers next week, I, I think, yeah, that's going to be a big problem for the Tigers. Um, They've got the Eels, Panthers, Cowboys, Broncos. Okay. In the so, four games after that, so that's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. when you're at the bottom looking up, they're all tough. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess the, it even adds more importance to the Warriors game. And yep. The reality is someone gets two points out of that. Uh, that's that's, that's a good works. news story, isn't it? That's, <laughs> someone's going to walk away with a couple of points. Because oh, most weeks, neither of them score any points. Yep. Um, you know, you could combine their, their points and they're still, uh, well... Yeah, they they still wouldn't be in the eight. They'd be on the on the outside with their terrible differential. You put the two teams together, sixteen points. But uh, yeah, two of those have come from a bye. So they they're not up to the standard. I do think there are better. Well, they're obviously there are better days ahead. Um, Papali'i and, and Api coming in next year will make a difference. Has um, to. Has to make a difference. But uh, yeah, for this year, you can't see him. They actually had a purple patch there when they beat Para, and then uh, I think they beat the Rabbitohs. They beat the South, yeah. The, the two two field goal wins. Um, but they look like a decent footy side then. That's gone, um, and they're, they're they're in struggle street at the moment, and uh, and conceding points too. Like they conceded thirty six last week, thirty the week before, forty four yeah. the week before that. It's not you know, it's not like they conceded thirty six against the Melbourne Storm. It was the Bulldogs. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, issues there. Yeah. yeah, definite issues there. But you know, that's, that's look. It, it just shows that we've got um, it's it's a lot tighter competition, I think, around the the middle of the table than we had expected. I mean, we've got currently yeah, is. the Panthers out in front. On twenty eight points in first, um, the Storm twenty four in second, third we've got the Cowboys on twenty two, and then Sharks, Broncos, Eels are all on twenty. Bit of a gap back to the Rabbitohs in seventh spot with the uh, seven and seven record on sixteen points. Uh, Dragons also on sixteen. Outside of the eight, the Roosters, Seagulls, Raiders on fourteen, Knights on ten, Dogs on eight, Tigers eight. Warriors 8 and Stone Cold last. Other Gold Coast Titans on 6. So it was a big week of footy to really sort out the the, the table. Um, did anything grab your eye this week, Griff? I forgot to ask you before we went on air. Do you have something that might have grabbed your eye? I do. Oh, well, I better play your music. Yes, all right, Griff. Well, that just shows how... Uh, how in uh, I suppose how involved our production meeting is. It's usually a what you got, what you got, what you got. And I forgot to ask about the grab, but we've obviously got one this week. I'd be interested to see what grabbed your eye. Yeah. Um, look, I, I I was impressed by by the uh, Roosters Eels game. Some fabulous tries there, a particular one by Para, which went through uh, many many sets of arms. Across both sides of the field, 
but I'm going for something, an individual play um, from the Panthers winger, Taylor May. Um, I mentioned earlier that the Panthers were 12 nil up just before half time and um, went in at 18 nil. Well, that was a result of, of Taylor May, who, with no room at all, um, got around his opposition winger, DWZ. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how a tackle could be missed um, like that. Just got around him um, with no room at all. And then uh, despite the efforts of, I think it was uh, Jack Murchie coming across the second rower, Taylor May was able to place the ball over the line. And um, even... I, I didn't actually hear the commentary because I was I was watching it uh, in a pub in, in the rocks, but then I, I did watch the commentary and the comment later on uh, on the on the mini, um, and the commentators. How did he do that? And that's what I thought when I when I watched it live. How did how did he score there? He's a, he's a player who. Had only played one game previously before this year. Um, came in with the injury to Brian Toto and has been absolutely brilliant. Um, I think he might be equal lead in try scorer. Uh, I might be wrong there, but if he's not, he's, he's right up there. Um, and he's just looked every part, a quality winger, not just a first grader, but but a quality uh, winger um, in his essentially his rookie year. So uh, that's what caught my eye this week. Fair one. I, I mean, that's a that's probably a good point when we look at this Panthers side. Um, it's not the exact team that they had last year uh, that, that won the premiership. And looking at the players that have come in, I mean, really, in key positions, that left edge... Isaac Tago, Taylor May, this just shows that that production line of young, exciting superstars is just going to continue to roll. And I, I, I actually think that's, that's credit to the Panthers um, in the sense that, you know, they've got these juniors coming through. Because remember, you know, there was that once upon a time where we had that uh, that period, I suppose, where we had that good junior team of, of the Penrith Panthers coming through. They won the premiership in 2003, and then there was a lot of criticism at the Panthers that they weren't utilising that wide, fast, big junior base that they have to its uh, to its potential. So I, I think this is a real key indicator that the um, you know the plan that was put in place, whether it was a five-year plan that, that became longer than that, whatever it was, that they're really seeing the benefit now. And I think it'd be fair to say, Griffo, for someone like yourself, as a Panthers fan, you'd be looking at their younger squad. You'd be looking at their New South Wales Cup. You'd be seeing these stars coming through and and being really excited for the future because it wasn't so long ago, a few weeks ago, that we were talking about the Panthers having all these players out for origin. And it wasn't even these younger stars. They were, they were getting in blokes that were, you know in their mid-20s that have been there or thereabouts, played a bit of um, uh, first grade here and there coming in. So just, I think something, what I'm basically saying is something in the system there at the Panthers has to be working. Yeah, well, 
their talent identification is yeah. on point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And combined with talent identification, you've got a salary cap. And we've seen them let go players over the last four or five years now, quality players who, um, you know, got better offers from rival clubs. And, and in most cases, Panthers said, look, we don't want to see you go, but this is all we can offer you, yeah. which which hasn't been able to match um, what other clubs could do. Now, in some cases, you know, they were, I guess, happy for some of those guys to leave. And, and I think guys like, well, there haven't been too many who've left Penrith and kicked on, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Burton is an exception, but he's a young guy who obviously they didn't want to lose, but simply didn't have, have the uh, resources to keep um, under, under a salary cap. Uh, but you know, guys like Tyrone Peachy, he he's he actually the the Tigers have have said you know we'll we'll let you go with a, a year and a half left on his contract. He's done almost nothing since he left Penrith. Um, Josh Mansour, he had a year to go on his Panthers contract. They said, look, you're free to negotiate. Um, we will honor the deal um, out of respect. Because he's been a he was a great servant in the club, but I think he was on four hundred, um, and he went to the Rabbitohs on a two year contract, and 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 it hasn't quite worked out for the Rabbitohs. You'd have to say there, so yeah. they seem to know when to let guys go. Um, I think that's a that, that's a great way to put it. That that talent identification. That let's look at what we've got. When do we move them on? Because you use. You know other other players as an example, um, and look, we'll find out next year. We might be looking back and saying, "Geez, it was the right call to move on Coruscant and for the oh. salary cap, the squad and kick out." At the moment, it's a very hard decision. Um, look, in in all fairness, um, uh, Matt Burton's a great player. We're about to talk to him, talk about him in a moment. Um, the Panthers knew what they had coming through. To say that it, the Panthers are missing him, I don't think would be accurate. Like that, that might be an example there of where you can't fit everyone in, but knowing what you've got coming through makes those decisions um, a bit better. And the the people in those those decision making um, positions are, are making the right decisions. Yeah, well, I think just on Bird, I don't think they wanted to let him go, but at at the time that he signed, he, he was struggling to. To, to break into first grade um, and, and it ended up, he ended up in the centers and, and became, you know, Dallium mm. center of the year, um, probably second best player on the park in the grand final. Um, I will say, I think Viliami Kikau is going to be really hard to replace because to my knowledge, there's no one in the system who can do what he can do. Um, and, and he's He's a rare talent. Um, Apisai Corisau is, is arguably the form hooker in, in 2022 and uh, rewarded for his efforts with a, with a sky blue jersey. So, again, they don't have an Apisai Corisau quality replacement um, currently. 
So that that's going to test them next year. Yeah, that'll be that'll be the big question. Obviously, when a team does have success, um, it may take a few years, but the salary cap does sort of come back to to catch up with them. I think really the main thing to look at now, Griffo, now that we've talked a bit about the uh, the NRL and what's been happening there, the, the big news going on in rugby league at the moment is the State of Origin. So I think it's time to lead into our State of Origin preview. When a boy becomes a man, he must do the best he can to live his life and find his childhood dream. All right, a bit of a nod to the old days when Roy and HG used to have the uh, the State of Origin coverage there. Um, yeah, so we've got a big game coming up this week with uh, the Blues and the Maroons. Um, just before we talk a bit more about uh, Origin 1, um, Origin 2, the team. Now, the one thing I wanted to, to point out here, Griffo, we've... We've seen with New South Wales, they've come off Origin 1. They have had a loss. Uh, in, in all fairness, um, you, were, you were really talking about the danger in this Queensland team. I don't think... I think the surprise disappointed you, but I don't think it's a... Uh, the loss, yeah, it disappointed you, but not surprised you. The, the thing that stands out for me at the moment in this... Um, so that's Brad Fittler just calling through, seeing oh, yeah. what I thought about the team. Um Understandable. I wish you had called you before he named the team. Yeah, I, I know, because we're, we're about to talk about this team. There have been a few changes. Um, I will get your thoughts on the team. One thing that interested me when I saw the New South Wales team named 1 through to uh, 17. So just to go through the team um, before I throw a question at you, Griffo, we've got Tedesco at fullback, Toto and Tupu on the wings. Um, Crichton and Burton in the centres, Luai Cleary of the halves, Haas and Trebojevic are the um, prop forwards, Apisai Korosau will start in the hooker position with Murray, Martin and Yo in the back row, Cook off the bench, Angus Crichton off the uh, interchange of number 15, Junior Paulo and Talakai number 17. The way they are listed, uh, Nico Hines is number 18. Uh, rounding out the reserves, we also have Suwali, McLean, Gutherson and Radley. First thing that stood out for me, Griffo, um, obviously apart from the fact that uh, a number of players lost their positions, um, most notably uh, we know Whiten was out with COVID, Staggs has lost his position, Campbell Gillard's lost his position, so has Madison and Sims. When I looked at this starting lineup from New South Wales. A lot of people have been making the connections to Penrith. They are the best team in the competition, but the first thing I thought about was the grand final team from last year. Of the 13 players that played in the grand final last year for Penrith in the starting lineup, um, I can count eight. I'll double check that one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players from that Penrith Panthers starting lineup in the grand final last year will line up for the Blues. Um, and we even have one of those players in Capewell lining up for the Maroons. So this game, we're going for a very Penrith heavy squad. Um, you've alluded to it there, Griffo. There's been a lot of changes. Not sure if we're 100% uh, sold on those changes. Penrith heavy squad. Many changes. 
Thoughts just basically on the New South Wales team. When it came out earlier in the week, what were your initial thoughts, um, given that this squad has to win the next two games? Uh, I think it's close to close to the best Blues team available um, from 1 to 17. Uh, <clears throat> as I look at it, I do think it's a stronger side uh, overall than game one. Um, and I, I base that mainly on the fact that I think Damian Cook coming off the bench really is going to to cause Queensland some problems in the same way that Harry Grant comes off the bench and yeah, causes yeah. all sorts of headaches for yeah. the Blues. Um, and that's the idea, obviously. That's yeah. what they're going for, the impact. Yeah. And, and I, I applaud that. Um, Matt Burton, he's going to have that understanding with, with all the Penrith guys because he's, you know, he was uh, he was a key player in their run to the finals, and, and as I said, probably the second best player on the field for the grand final. Um, so particularly, uh, he combines really well outside Jerome Luai. Um, Luai put him in for a lot of tries last year. He runs great holes, Burton, um, and he's. He's a good defender. He's a, you know, he's a big body. Um, he's coming in for, for New South Wales' best player from game one in Jack White. Um, and I, you know, I was I was critical of the the White decision at centre, but um, you know, he he was outstanding for the Blues. Unfortunate that COVID, you know, came at a bad time for him. Um, otherwise, obviously, he would have been there for game two. But um, when I say it's the close to the best blue side available. No Tommy Turbo, no Latrell Mitchell. Mm. Um, and those two guys were the two guys that really blew Queensland apart in those record wins last year. So take your two best players out of Queensland. Yeah. Let's say there was no monster. Monster. And then, you know, say probably from an attacking point of view, Kalen Ponga. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to struggle to score points. Um, but the Blues just got to get the job done. I mean, there's, you know, it's on the, realistically, the last two Origin games have been won by Queensland. That's a fact. Um, you know, we've, we've got a very tenuous hold on the trophy now. Um, I, I do think this side can win. And irrespective of what side runs out in blue, I, I don't always tip them, but um, but I don't necessarily always think they're going to win. But uh, I, I really, um, I really thought game one was you know a fifty-fifty uh, game, and I actually said that you know if Cleary's kicking games not on point, that New South Wales won't win, and that's yeah. what happened. It was, it was an interesting interesting thing because I want to get your thoughts. Like, you know, before we look into game two, we've, we've obviously got to look back at game one because 
to put into context these changes, um, look, if New South Wales win that first game, I know it's a big if, we probably don't see the changes that occur usually. No, no way. You know, you, you, you don't change a winning formula um, and, and the Maroons, from, from what I can see, we're just looking at, you know, sort of force changes. What, what for you, went wrong in that first game? Where did New South Wales lose this game? I know, I know that Queensland were good, but we'll talk from a New South Wales point of view. What was it about New South Wales that, um, that, that you think wasn't the difference to, at that level? Well, the, um, I, think, I think Queensland got to take credit for, for playing so well. Um, I sat in the Blatches Blues, uh, and Shano was uh, on one side of me, and, and the doctor was on the other side. And everyone wearing blue thought Ashley Klein was, uh, was a key factor. Um, we're not at the best vantage point behind the, behind the field, obviously, but it seemed as though Queensland early in the game were, were getting the rub of the green. And I know probably New South Wales, you know, might have evened it up a bit in this late in the second half. But um, the first Queensland try was a really good try. But in the lead up from where we were, we saw an out and out shepherd, not in the try scoring movement, but in that set where Harry Grant sort of went one side of his, uh, he was dummy half came back behind the guy playing the ball and went back the other way again. And um, I think not long before that, we saw, we'd seen the Blues you know, penalised for something similar. Um, but yeah, that's that said with two blue eyes. So uh, I just thought Queensland, yeah, they did get the rub of the green with penalties and six agains and early in the game. Um New South Wales, that try where Cherry Evans just went through from the scrum without a hand being laid on him, that was poor. Um, that was really poor. Uh, an interesting fact that, that I heard that I didn't realise again, when you're at the game, it's, it's much harder because you're not getting the commentary or anything like that. It's just what you see yeah. in front of you. Um and you're not getting the replays. And, but Isaiah Yo, who, for reasons only known to the independent doctor, um, yeah. was not immediately taken from the mm. field on HIA. Yeah. Um, we now know there's he, different rules for origin if you're a doctor as well. Well, it would seem so. Maybe, mm. maybe it was so early in the well, game. It was in the very first play. Maybe the... The doctor hadn't really reached his vantage point to sit down, but but, but he should stumbling, have stumbling. Like, stumbling's a key indicator. That well, was always what we've been told that if you stumble, you're off. And yeah, anyway. Look. Well, even before, like again, and from, he didn't from where play. We were, he didn't play we, the next week either. And, no, and that was but, interesting. He was, um, yeah, I think but, he was given a bit of a break. Actually, actually, sorry, mum. When did they play the Knights? Sunday. He was actually shopping uh, in uh, Lira Mall on uh, on Saturday afternoon. 
Well, there you go. So a bit of trivia for you. And I thought, okay. he's not playing tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, he'd already been ruled yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but interesting uh, fact, Queensland did not score a point when um, he was on the field. Now, that's interesting. Um, but he clearly wasn't at his best because he'd been concussed. Um, and, and I'm speaking here with no medical qualifications other than I saw the the um, the knock that he copped in the very first play of the game. As you said, he stumbled. He wasn't right. He should have been taken off and assessed uh, right at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand that one. Because mm. um, as a as another, a team. Sorry, you keep going, mate. Another thing that that surprised me was Cameron Murray not starting. Um, again, mm. that could have been related to the fact that he'd been coming back from an injury. But if he's not right to start, then why is he right to play? Um, yeah. But for um, mine, he needs to be an eighty-minute player. As does a- Isaiah Yo. Was that a call where they tried to make an impact play off the bench and it didn't work? Well, it didn't work. I don't know. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever reason, it didn't work. It didn't work. That's the only thing um, I can think of. Because, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see him start this time, obviously, with with him taking sim spot. But yeah, yeah, I, I just yeah, I don't know. I don't know with that one either. Yeah, I, I'm hoping Cam Murray is a hundred percent. I'm not sure that he is. Um. But if he's 100%, you want him on there for 80 minutes. Likewise, Yo. And Yo came off because of, well, because he wasn't right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, as I said, um, all of Queensland's points were scored while he was off the field, which I, again, being in the crowd, I didn't realize that, but that was something that's been brought up since the end of the game. Um, but yeah, Queensland were just able to play the ball quicker. Um, were dangerous in the rock and, and held the New South Wales guys down um, to their credit. Penrith did it in the finals and they won the competition. Hmm. You do as much as the referee will let you do. Um, I, I think in fairness to Queensland, I think the, 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 the thing that I noticed the most, the, the biggest difference I noticed between the two teams was enthusiasm. They were really energetic. The uh, the Maroons are really enthusiastic, and there was something about New South Wales where I don't know. I could almost describe it as um, key players didn't lift for the occasion. It was almost like uh, the Queensland players realised that it, there's a different energy, a different enthusiasm required for Origin. And I felt like some of the key New South Wales players. Um, were giving what you'd expect week in, week out in the NRL. They were just under the pump. Um, and that's credit to Queensland. They put them under pressure. Um, they did well, New South Wales, to only go down by six points because there were a number of times when Queensland looked as though they were certain to score and New South Wales just scrambled and um, prevented, you know, a number of tries. So... Yeah, we started nil all. Um, 
I do think New South Wales, I do think they can win, but again, it's pretty much 50-50. Mm. Um, It'll be tough. They must, they must tackle Monster. Um, he was they great. can't let him run. Just, you know he's, he's going to more than likely not pass. He's going to step. He's going to weave around. He's going he's, he's to run. Mm. So, and I, I mean, it's easy for me to say this. I'm not out on the field. Yeah. But you just know that if you move up on him in a, in a line, then he can't go anywhere. Like, but he just does it. And he does it against at, at the highest level. And teams hang off him. Um, they just got to say, irrespective of what's going on, if monster has got the ball, we tackle him. We put him on his ass. And that's what I liked about what Stephen Crichton did when, when he came on. And I know he got penalized and I know he copped a fine for it. But he got out there and he just put Monster on his ass. Well, probably slightly on his head to be Yeah, <laughs> to be but, more uh, accurate. But, but anyway. Seriously, like he, why didn't they do that at the start of the game? There was the, the and that's what I'm talking about with this enthusiasm, because I felt as though there were there were key players, I mean, particularly in the spine for New South Wales, and I think that's why we're seeing um, part of it. Yeah, there was a, there was a bit of pressure on Damien Damien Cook there to make something happen now off the off the bench, but that enthusiasm we saw as you said, Crichton come on I mean, before the before the game, we were very critical of Jack White and being picked in the centres as starting. Look, in hindsight, I'll be honest with you, I'll say I was I was proved wrong. I would actually go as far to say that um, Jack White's performance was outstanding. I think out of the New South Wales team. He was one of the few that actually brought a physicality to the game in defence. Yeah. Um, I actually think that his uh, his runs. I mean, he got the ball in his hands a lot of the time. I mean, I think he had eighteen runs, hundred and sixty five run meters. There was obviously the try, a couple of line breaks, two tackle busts. He's not going to be there in the second game, but but just looking back at that uh, that performance in round. Oh, I was going to say round one, but game one of the origin. Um, that's, I think, what Brad Fittler was looking at in that selection, saying here's a player that's been there before. He understands how to lift to that origin level. Yeah. Um, I want to see the aggression on Monster. Get him off his game. Queensland put Cleary under all sorts of pressure and they won the game. New South Wales do the reverse to, to Munster. He's their main man. Um, just absolutely give it to him every time. Don't let him run. Just, I was about to swear, but uh, just hit him. Hit him hard and hit him often. Um, because he holds the key to this game. He was the best player on the field. He usually is in the big games. Um, again, against the Broncos the other night, it was Monster and, uh, mm. and, and Hughes as well. But if you let Monster run, you generally don't win the game. 
Yeah, he's um, gonna he's gonna run all over you. If you give him a yep. give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And that's so, that's what the quality players do. Yeah. Look, and he's yeah, he's uh he rarely uh he rarely has a, a bad game in a big game. Yep. Um De- definitely and this is this is a big game, but uh yeah, they've just they've just got to pound that guy. And, and, and uh this there is- you go, ahead, go. This is what worries me about this big game. This isn't even a bigger game now. The pressure's lumped on even more. And I think going to the halves, we've talked about Cleary and Queensland doing a good job putting the pressure on Cleary. That impacted his kicking game. Um, I don't think his kicking game had the impact that we had hoped. No, but also to his halves And partner. he admitted it. Like, yeah. He admitted it, yeah. Yeah, and he's, and he's very fair in that, Nathan Cleary. He's one of those players who I like. He'll be very honest in his appraisal of his own, own performance. And he's uh, very critical of his own performance because he has such high standards. And the other player who, um, who's who been getting a lot of, I suppose, scrutiny over their performance in this game is Jerome Luai. He was the other half. And uh, I think that uh, fans from New South Wales were hoping for a bit more creativity when um, New South Wales ran the ball down the left-hand side of the field. And this is where some of that talk has been happening in the media, other media outlets throughout the last week or so where they were sort of saying that, um, you know, look, undoubtedly, week to week in the uh, premiership competition, they are the best halves combination. But going into the Origin game, it was as though they didn't have an extra gear to lift to. And, um, yeah, it was almost as though they were looking for another gear. They were looking to make things happen, but it just didn't quite happen. And I want to get your thoughts on... The, the, the difference for, say, Jerome Luai um, not having as much time and space uh, to, to make things happen in Origin, and that's credit to Queensland, I suppose, as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in, in, in defense of Luai, not that he needs me to defend him, New South Wales scored two tries. Two try assists came from him. So That pass to Murray was phenomenal. Yeah, and he also, he also, uh, you know, he, he was the guy that passed to, to Whiten. put Whiten in. Yeah. You know, Whiten did most of the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, their assists. Two try assists. Um, so, yeah, he, he's, um, I don't think he's had his best year this year, but, but he still shows the class. And he showed it again the other night. Um, up against you know a classless side in the Warriors t- to be realistic, but um, I think with Matt Burton outside him, mm. uh, that's that was be a, a combination, combination. That, uh, that was proven. That try that Burton scored in the grand final last year, I will. I mean, I'll never forget for obviously a lot of negative reasons from my yeah. my point of view, but. Just the ease which with which he scored that, and the just how smooth it was, that that's the type of combination I think that Brad Fitt was looking for, and that comes back to my point where we have, yeah, eight of the starting thirteen were in that um, grand final winning yeah. team last year. So I, I think he's looking at combinations. Um, look on the flip side, credit where credit's due. Uh, we've talked about Munster being phenomenal for Queensland. Uh, I, I think that um, their debutants um, were phenomenal. Cobbo, Cotter, Pat Carrigan. 
unbelievable. I thought he was outstanding. Um, Nanai was really physical. Um, you know, I, look, he had that ankle injury, I know, but um, look, I, I think, yeah. I think, I think Carrigan was, was a... probably the standout for me. But yeah, that that yeah. the 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 debutants for Queensland looked young, hungry, and keen. Um, and they all, I suppose, contributed. But yeah, as I said, that um, that ankle injury for Nanai was was probably the most disappointing aspect for for Queensland himself, and um, yeah, the fans in general. Well, the disappointing part for me was you came back out there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, but you know, um, um, but and like, that's the I, thing. I, like I when he came back, guys. in, it was. Yes, yeah, it was unbelievable. We thought it he was, was done. It was nearly it must have been nearly five minutes. He was laying on the ground. Yeah. So why don't why don't they get the medicab out? What what what's you know, like how long do they need to fire up the medicab? But that like, shows the desire, doesn't it? It's just that. Well, it's unbelievable. How bad was the injury? Like, um, it was a long it, stoppage. Didn't look great when it happened. I thought, oh, he's done. But you know, look. You know, if, if if that's a player on your team, he's a hero. I think it's. I think. I think what I'm basically trying to say here is, the young blokes weren't overawed at all. Not at all. And, and this no. comes back to this um, topic we've had, where we've talked about the young Penrith players and a lot of the young players coming through now. Big games don't cause nerves for them. They, it's like they're Teflon. Nothing sticks. Nothing phases them. And. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're really fearless, this young generation of players coming through. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it is a different generation. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and I guess, to some degree, it, really, it goes back to, to the method of coaching where, you know, if someone makes a mistake, they don't feel as though it's the end of the world, that, you know, they just get on with it and play on come out the next week and do better. Um, whereas, and I guess, you know, we saw this a little bit, I go back to the South game where Ilias was hooked. Yeah. You, you don't really see that these days. Um, if you ask me, they're hooked the wrong half, but that's another story. Yeah, that I think there's weeks. a lot of people who've, who've said that. Um, yeah. But that's the sort of thing that, you know, was, I guess, more prevalent going back decades that, and, and, and I guess maybe that was part of the, you know, the reason players play with a bit more confidence now at a young age is that they don't expect that thing's going to happen. They just, you know, get on with it and, um, and play on and, 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 uh, and do something good that's going to win their team the game as opposed to sort of, you know, just hanging around and sort of stewing on that, I guess. That's a good thing. Um, but anyway... Uh, interesting. Um, we haven't talked about the squad mm. so much. I, I find it really strange, Graham, that Victor Radley has been added to the squad and there's no hope of playing. He's not yeah, due back yeah. for the Roosters for three or four weeks. Uh, if, you know, there was a little bit of a COVID outbreak and so well you know you've got these players to choose from because we can't fly anyone over you know it's five hours or whatever it is and you've got to get a guy there who's i 
understand these extended squads as reserve lists because I look at them, and even we talked about it before the last one, there are players I just feel like won't play. And you go, oh, they're in there for the experience, this and that, and then the next cab off the rank. But then when, um, you know, it hits the fan and we lose and you've got to call players in, they're calling in your Crichtons, they're calling in your Jake Trebojeviches, they're calling in the Burtons, the players that we were calling for to be a part of the squad in the first game. If that first game, that entire squad, was the best players that were available and they wanted to make changes in the back line, effectively then Joseph Sawali would be in the team. Like This is where I just want them to go, these are the best players, this is the next person. Like we've got players coming into camp now that could have had a camp in Origin 1, even if they didn't play. They could have been training and being a part of the squad. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it defies... Look, if you look at the Queensland extended squad, Dearden, Flegler, Fermor, Oates, Walsh, any one of those players, yep. you could think, yeah, yeah you that guy... Injury in the halves, the Dearden's an option... Yep. Injury at fullback, Walsh is an option. Outside backs, Oates is there. Flegler's there if you've got a forward. I, I, it, it, the it only, makes sense, the only thing I would say about that extended squad is they're lacking probably forwards. Oh, no, they've got two forwards. They've got Flegler and Firmer. Firmer's there, but uh, yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. You'd think that... But all of those guys are in form. Yep. Um, you look at the reserves for us. Yeah, Nico Hines, Absolutely. Suwali's been outstanding for the Roosters. Yeah, in all fairness, he has been. Even on the um, weekend, he was great. Jordan McLean, at 30 years of age, comes into an extended squad. No one thinks he's going to play. Well, you were surprised as me that he was there. And Yes. Do you, what, what? I mean, I know you can't get in Brad Fittler's head, and I know I'm asking you the toughest question on the planet here. What do you think might be the logic of having, say, Jordan McLean in the squad? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was looking for some insight. Um, that was a tough okay. one for has me. He, has he been in decent form? Of course he has. But Is this just to kick Campbell Gillard and Madison well, in the nuts? Like, I, I don't think any of those guys played that badly. And Campbell Gillard was outstanding. Like, last Saturday night. Had the, had the squad already been picked? I don't know. Is this, is Jordan McLean going better than RCG? I would say no. This is what baffles me. Jordan McLean's me. 30 years of age. Are you talking about, is, is he picked for the future? Can't He's 30 be. years of age. Yeah. Um, I just don't get it. Because, but the thing is, either. too, you, you, you could say to like a, a Campbell Gillard, okay, you're not, you're not in the 17 this game, but come with us, train with us. Yeah. Someone because goes down. If someone goes example. down, you would rather him than McLean. Plus, that week of training, if you're reading Campbell Gillard and you're in the squad, but you're told, uh uh-uh, uh, you're not in this 17, you're going to really push and you're going to look really flash at training because you've got a point to prove. Yes, he can go back to his club and make that point. But do you know what the problem is, Griffo? If we lose this game, it's all too late. Pick him in the third game, it's. The, se- the the series is done. Yeah. Like, I yeah, don't know. I, 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 I don't get I, the I find that really hard to understand. Gutherson, 
to be honest. I wouldn't have had him there, but um, I guess uh, who have they got? See, they got Tedesco. They don't have an out-and-out fullback if, you know, say Tedesco was to go down, but Stephen mm. Crichton could play fullback. Um, but Okay, uh, I can't be overly critical of, of Gutherson being there. But to pick a guy who literally cannot play in the game due to injury, yeah, that's, I, I, don't I don't understand that. See the, I mean, is this just him going... And this is where people read into it and they look at the affiliation and they'll say, you know, Brad Fittler... Okay, Victor Radley in this case has got some affiliation with the Roosters. Is this just him going, yeah, we want Victor in the squad so that you know he'll be part of the squad next year or he'll be a part of the squad in Game 3. This will be good for him. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to sound like an arsehole here. I don't give a shit what's good for Victor Radley. I want New South Wales to win. I want best for New South Wales. If we've got another player in there that should be training with them this week and the reason to have these extended squads is the possibility of injury in a world that's coming off the end of a pandemic, we're still coming off the end of. We've still got this pandemic affecting us. Whitens out due to yeah, COVID. Yeah, I was going to say, ask Jack Whiten about are we at the end of the pandemic? You know, COVID goes through this team. Victor Radley ain't. He, he's not going to fill in. That's. I don't know. I've I've, no, I've never hmm. I've never seen a more ridiculous selection. It's. My not that, unless there's Victor some Radley miraculous is, is origin quality, but not if he's not able to if, play. He's injured. If he's able to play, he's not number twenty-two. He's in the seventeen. Yeah, for sure. And that's the same thing too. With you know, we talked about Latrell Mitchell a couple of weeks ago. South Sydney actually had to say no. He's not. He's not available. There was a bit of hearsay that you know he might be eligible without playing a game. The other selection, Griffo. Um, Talakai, we talked about him earlier on in the year. He had a he had some um, good showings. He's probably look. In all fairness to um, to to Talakai, he's having his best season in the NRL. He is now a New South Wales Blue. He's going to be playing off the interchange bench at number seventeen. Um, bit of a double barrel question here, Griffo. Um, first of all, thoughts on the selection of Talakai in the seventeen, and second of all. Any predictions of how he will be used in this team, given that he's been playing centre mostly? First thing I want to say is, I know he's not going to be driving to the game because he don't have a licence. <laughs> and the, Joe Drop were really happy about him driving without a licence. So he could have been oh. in jail. He could have gone to jail. Instead, he's got to get out of jail car and go to Perth to play Origin. Yeah. How how must he be feeling at the moment? That's the ultimate game of Monopoly, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. He picked up the community chess. He got the you know he got <laughs> anyway, good luck to him. Um Yeah, good on him. But yeah. um I hope he kills it. He's gonna have I, to. I, I don't understand But does he get much game time? I don't wanna, look, I don't understand how what Stags has done wrong. Um why he again He's not in the squad. Mm. Um, I mean, he I didn't even make it through the first game, really. I mean, Crichton well, ended up injured. playing. Yeah, injured, yeah, yeah. But... But, but, but Crichton sort of came on, 
played that role. So in effect, in Staggs' first game, um, the injury really cost him that, and that may have cost yeah. him his spot. Well, it did. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, good luck to Talakai. Why couldn't have, say, Katoni Staggs been 17? Because... Unless Talakai, unless there's some role for him where they want him as a possible back back row. Probably probably had it over uh, Talakai. But what I will say about Talakai is he is an X factor. Um, And he can cover a range of positions. So it's that versatility, I suppose, is is a bit of a key. Just losing you there, mate. We're just... Uh, um, look... Just say that again, mate. We just lost you for a bit. Oh. Still with us, Griffo? Yeah, can you hear me? Sorry, got you back now, mate. Yeah, sorry. It was... Uh, <clears throat> I think it... A few internet problems. Um, not sure how much you got of what I said, if anything. Just go back to when you were talking about the utility value. Okay. Okay, we're ready to go? Yep, all good. Okay, so apologies uh, again. Uh, the internet, as it is sometimes can be, is not my best friend. Um, uh, I want my new best friend to be CSC for Sal- Talakai. Um, uh, I want him either coming on in the back row or in the centres, and uh, particularly when the the opposition gets a little bit tired, uh, to really create opportunities for for tries for New South Wales. Um, we've seen him do it for the Sharks. Where he's, he's had games where he's been like like. Typhoon Talakai. Um, I want to see a typhoon hit Noptis Stadium in the form of Seal Sifa. And uh, he's got it in him. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see. Uh, in, in addition to that, Graham, I think I'm, I'm happy to see Angus Crichton back. Yep. I thought uh, the game before the, uh, before the para game, I'm not sure who it was against. But I thought he had a really big game. I think the Brewster still might have lost, but Crichton was back to his best. So I think that's a, that's a good selection. Um, the bench actually looks good for New South Wales. Um, yeah, you've got Cook there, who's going to come on and uh, and create havoc. You're hoping Crichton can cover back row or or play in the middle if need be. Uh, Junior Baolo, which used to be Junior Paulo, <laughs> um, same guy. Uh, I don't know if, if, you know, if he's better off starting, to be honest. I think he's, he is better off starting. Uh, they've got Jake Jabojevic there. Uh, Paulo ended up um, coming to anyway, the bench in the first one as a bit Paolo of a late switcheroo. Potentially going to wreak some havoc. Yeah, you can tell by the way they've they've chosen this bench. They're looking for impact. Cook and Paulo off the bench. The um 
they're really looking yes. for that impact around the middle of the game. And I think if we look at um, you know the last game that was that that, that was played, Origin one, um, it was really in that period where Gagai scored thirty fourth minute, Cherry Evans forty eighth, Valentine Holmes fifty three. Where New South Wales leaked their points was the you know in that that period where you'd often have already made your first interchanges and then your, your, your starting players haven't quite come back on yet. So I think that was a real key indicator for, for New South Wales that they really need to tighten up that, um, that last 20 of the first half and the first 20 of the second half. All right, so yeah, there's there's a few changes there. As we said, they're looking for that impact um, off the bench. I think that's what they're they're really aiming for. Um, and we saw those late changes too in the in the first game, where um, you know Paulo come off the bench and so on and so forth. The other main changes that we'd um, we'd have to talk about Jake Jaboyevich coming in. This was one that um, we thought initially before the first game he might be a part of the squad and the other new player in the side um albeit due to uh, the force change with COVID and um Whiten being out is Matt Burton so thoughts on Trebojevic coming to the forward pack and Burton coming into the uh centres well as we talked about earlier I think the combination Burton has with Jerome Luai is is a point of uh attack for New South Wales yep um what I would like to see, but I don't know how much we'll see. I'd like to see Burton involved in the kick-in game, just as a, as an alternate to Nathan Cleary, to put a bit of doubt into the Queenslanders' mind because it was all they were just targeting Cleary and and they did the job on him. Um, interestingly, though, when he was at Penrith and Cleary played and Burton was in the centres. I'd be surprised if Matt Burton kicked more than once in the whole time he was in the centres, like in, in kicked in general play, I mean. Um, but I think that's got to be an option that uh, at least have some doubt in the, in the minds of the Queenslanders because those towering kicks, no, no one kicks as big as Matt Burton, not even Nathan Cleary. Um, so I think uh, that could be, again, another strength to uh, to New South Wales. Um, Trebojevic is there to tidy up the the rock, um, to uh, to take out the Queenslanders from making the yardage they were making. He's not there really in any way for his attack, I don't think. Um, with the guys that New South Wales have picked in, in a similar way to Penrith, their major meter readers are the back three in, in Tedesco, To'o and Tupo. So, you know, Jake Trebojevic is there essentially to um, to chop the legs of the Queenslanders and, and prevent them making as much uh, as much ground through the middle. And I, I really hope that he, he does that. Um, we didn't talk about the Fox. We both would have had the Fox in for game one. Yep. Not there. His, his form has been absolutely outstanding. He couldn't have done any more. Um, Tupo obviously did play well in game one and did his job. 
which was to to uh, eat the meters and um, to be there as again uh, a bit of a height match for the Queenslanders. But I uh, I just think we need we need to score points, and I just think Tupou's a little bit limited in that regard. He's lacking in speed, and um, whereas the Fox has just got that X factor in attack um, that. And we've seen his combination with Burton uh, with a number of tries for the Bulldogs. So um, I understand why Tupo was kept because he did play well, did his job as he was asked to do. Uh, I just think Fox, I would have liked to see on the wing there, personally. Yeah, yeah, just as a superstar finisher, he even if you give it to him with a with a bit to do, you've got the confidence that he'll get the job done, and yeah, I, I don't know, I think people are still scratching their head over this Tupu one, um, yeah, I think a lot of fans are just hoping it's a bit of a coincidence, because they are drawing these bows between, you know, the Penrith and the Roosters, I don't, I don't think in all, in all honest, in all honesty, it's a factor there, no, I Brad don't Fittler. think that's a factor, but, um, uh... but I think that, uh, I think they looked at the side they wanted the height, and um, I, I think they've valued that over the out-and-out speed, finishing, and um, effectiveness of the Fox um, when surrounded by good players. So, look, it's, 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 it's all to play for um, this weekend. Um, for, the, for the Queensland side, they have a couple of force changes. Um, massive loss for them. I thought Ruben Cotter was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and has been all year, but especially for the Maroons. And we know the quality of Xavier Coates. Um, so we're now seeing uh, a few force changes there. Um, what do you make of this Queensland side, um, knowing that there's only minor changes and just how enthusiastic and effective they were in the first game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a very good side on paper. Very good side. Um The forward pack dominated in game one. And the only change there is, as you mentioned, Cotter, who was obviously very, very good. Uh, he's out. Big Tina goes to lock. And Lindsay Collins comes from the bench into the start in front row. And uh, on to the bench comes the very, very good state of origin player in Jai Arrow. So... Yeah, I really don't know that they've lost anything. Um, as you know, as good as Cotter was playing eighty minutes, because the thing to remember, Graham, is that Queensland lost two guys from their start inside out for the game, and they had to reshuffle. That's very uh, good with, point. With Kurt Capel going out to the centres, and then Holmes covering on the wing for uh, the injured Colts or Oates. One of those ones, Xavier Coates. Sorry, Coates. Um, yeah. So, but and uh, the other guy, of course, uh, they had Nanai went down, but he, he actually, I think, he came back on late in the yeah. game. But, um, but it meant that Cotter had to play eighty minutes, um, and uh, they moved him out to the edge. And he said, "Oh, it was good when I went out there. I got a rest." <laughs> so. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a loss, no doubt, but I don't think it's game-changing simply mm. because of the quality 
of replacement. Um, Jay Arrow, he, yeah. he's outstanding. So, and he, he was a player who was a um, really a mainstay in this Queensland squad. Yeah. And um, I suppose due to the, the outstanding form of some of the other players that are eligible for Queensland and the... Um, the poor form of the South Sydney team as a whole, I think that impacted on that decision, but definitely a quality player coming in. This leads us to the ultimate question, Griffo. Um, we know that you're probably going to tip the Blues. Uh, you're a very, very loyal New South Welshman. But um, look, what are, what are, in all seriousness, what, what are your thoughts on this game in regards to who will win, where it will be won, and... Um, yeah, and, and what you expect to see on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I, I do hope New South Wales win. Obviously, I, I always do. But I, I, I see it very much 50-50. Um, the kicking game of New South Wales is going to be key. Um, they really need to, to pin Queensland down in, in their own half and just keep them there. Um, a big part of that is is tying up Monster and just not letting him, not giving him any sniff at all of of being able to run the ball. Um, easier said than done. Again, I mean he's he's an outstanding talent. Um, I really think they want to be hitting uh, hitting at Cherry Evans in defence. Just keep going at him, because eventually he will um, he will miss tackles. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I guess Talakai, Angus Crichton off the bench when you know after Cherry Evans is, is a little bit gassed. Really, you want to be targeting those guys straight at him. Um, that's a, that's a you know, uh, an avenue for New South Wales. They've got Murray Tuolongi uh, playing his first game. He's been outstanding for the Cowboys. But again, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe trying to put him under some pressure. They tried to put Selwyn Cobble under pressure and with, without success. He was outstanding Cobble. Um, he did make one or two errors against the Storm the other night. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe that would be just in the back of his mind. Um, it's it's a New South Wales side that looks pretty good on paper, but when when we don't have Latrell and Tommy, um, you just don't have that absolute star power that just overwhelmed the Queenslanders last year. So it's it's very much even. Um, I do. I do think, you know, maybe the Coruscant-Cook interchange, I think that might, well, it's going to counter the the Ben Hunt-Harry Grant. Mm. Um, so the New, New South Wales are going to be, you know, have plenty of bullets to fire um, and uh, hopefully enough to, to take the game. I think I... I'm going to back the Blues. Um, I think Nathan Cleary, who is his own harshest critic, he he sort of took responsibility. Said it's you know 
it's on me. I'm the halfback. Um, I take responsibility for, for losing, not losing the game, but, you know, New South Wales not being at their best. Obviously, the Cleary haters were out in force, uh, you know, on the internet. Um, I didn't think he had that bad a game. I probably thought it was about six out of ten. But, um, again, this is a guy when, who... When was the last time you reckon he had a game that was, say, uh, you know, you know, if we look at him... Just the, grand sort of final? the grand final? No, I was going to say... Yeah, so like when he played a six out of ten or worse, it, they're far and few between those performances. Yeah, it don't happen often. But one uh, thing, he does uh, bounce back. He takes it on board. He's going need to. And oh, absolutely. Hmm. But I think that's a frustrating look, thing for people is that we very rarely see a six out of ten performance when he's wearing a Panthers jersey, and when they're looking for an extra gear. Um. Yeah, you know, he 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 probably had. Uh, yeah, and, and and like you said before, look, not to dwell on the point, we're not we're not going to jump on that bandwagon. Um, Queensland did well to contain him, but I th- I think that's the point you're going to get to now, where this is the bounce back for him. Yeah, it is, and, and he will. I, I'm very confident. Um, but I think, and I think another reason why Jake Trebojevic has been selected is that he's there to make sure these Queensland guys don't get through and put the pressure, you know, like just give Cleary that just that extra half a second to get those kicks away. Um, You really don't see that in club football because he, the Leota and, and James Fisher Harris, these guys, they don't let the you know the opposition get through and and put that sort of pressure on Nathan. Um, it happened in the grand final against the Storm, where Christian Welch in particular, um, you know, put Cleary off his game. But uh, yeah, he'll learn from that, and uh, and I really do, as I said, I really do think Matt Burton can be used even if he only kicks once or twice in each half just to again say to Queensland well okay Nathan's here come and get him pass to the other side get the left foot boot of Matt Burton um so I, I you know I think there's a few ways around it number one his forwards protect him better number two you've got the uh, the alternate kicker in Matt Burton. Um, likewise, as I said, on the flip side, New South Wales, they've got to really be giving it to uh, to Munster and to Cherry Evans. And uh, and I think, again, that's that's where Jake Trebojevic will come into his own. Um, he's not being picked to run the football, to pass the football. Obviously, you know, he'll take a couple of runs, but... His job is going to be in defence. And also, uh, I want to see Murray, 80-minute player, as a 80-minute player, um, if they can possibly be out there for 80 minutes each, um, that does, does give you 
uh, more scope to to be uh, using the other guys as interchanges and uh, keeping them pretty fresh as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm starting to get quite uh, starting to get quite excited about the game. <laughs> what about yourself? Yeah, we've got Origin coming up. It's always exciting when when you've got State of Origin. Um, I'm a bit with you. This is 50-50 to, to really confidently say that one team's going to win over the other. You've got to be very game here. And we were very cautious in the first one. I'm hoping that the sheer fact of desperation um, gets New South Wales over the line. I actually like the additions of Matt Burton into the squad. I also even... Um, I like the I like the addition of Api Corusau. I think... Happy Coruscant is an excellent player, and he's definitely um, one of the better players that's eligible for New South Wales. It just so happens that Damian Cook plays in the same position. If used well with uh, Cook and Coruscant in conjunction with each other, I I think that can be a really um, good combination. The The big question for me is still how Talakai gets used. I don't know if... Um, and, and the thing that worries me is my initial thought was, well, maybe he might come on and play a little bit more of a back row, wider running um, forward, you know, close to the centres as a bit of a nuisance factor. But then I remember back to the first game and um, New South Wales had a centre on the bench in Stephen Crichton in the first game. We know he came on and played in the centres, which was a nice fit for him given that uh, Katoni Stace got injured. But I just hope that Talakai isn't the cover for an injury in the backs because that yeah, would be I, a bit of a mismatch. I, I, I think he's there, Graham, for, for, to play anywhere, um, whether it be covering for a, a, an outside back or a forward. Hmm. Uh, he's got that versatility. I mean, he's played most of his NRL career in the forwards coming off the bench. Yeah. Then, you know, due to a couple of injuries at the Sharks... They put him out into the centres and he killed it. So um, I think he's going to play. Do Unless you, there's an injury to Burton or Crite, I'd, I'd see him back row. more in the back row or even... Do you see him playing many minutes? Potentially in the middle. Do you see him playing many minutes? Well, no, he's there as a weapon off the bench. He's not there. It's, they've got guys who are 80-minute players, as I said. In Mori, in Azeo, um, so the the substitutes are going to be made between Haas, Corey Sal, Trebojevich, and Liam Martin. And and I think um, that the the time on the field will be, you know, shared with with the bench players. As I said, unless there is an injury to a back. I'd be really surprised if if Talakai is used as as a sub for a non-injured player, um, but but he can cover that if need be. So uh, there's there's that possibility. Um, so you know, say a winger goes down, for example, you just move Steve Crichton, who's equally as good on the wing as what he is in the centres. You can bring Talakai into the centres. Yeah. You know, so let's say. You know, either Luai or Cleary get injured. You can put Burton into the halves, and Talakai fills in there. So, whereas in the first game they didn't have that flexibility to be able to, you know, cover particularly Hooker. When I mean, there was no one else, Cook had got injured. You're probably looking at Cam Murray 
playing dummy half. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, 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 a more rounded team there. Um, the Queensland, as we've talked about, they've got the versatile players already had them. You know, with the, the versatility of Ben Hunt, if anything happens to Monster or Cherry Evans, granting that Hooker Hunt into the halves. Um, Capewell did go out to the centres when they had an injury to a back. They had no backs on the bench. They got no backs on the bench this time, but Capewell can do the job. Jeremiah Nanai could probably do a job at centre if need be as well. So um, both sides have you know, pretty much all bases covered, I think. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. The only thing really left now, Griffo, is to watch the game and find out how it unfolds. Uh, it's all going to happen this Sunday, the 26th of June, 7.50 p.m. Uh, it will... How many hours to the game, Graham? I know we were doing the uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that good at maths. We've got, uh, what's today? Tuesday, is it? I don't even know what day yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I was wondering before, but yes, it is Tuesday. Um, and the game's not till Sunday. So I'm going to say there's more than 100 hours to the game. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at, you know, 24 hours a day, five days. So yeah, that's, that's a safe bet. Um, yeah. But look, there's actually football before then, Griffo. Um, probably the other game of note when we're on the State of Origin um, theme would be the Sky Blues taking on the Maroons in the uh, Women's State of Origin match. This is uh, on the telly as well, 9KO and Fox League covering this one, 7.45pm on Friday night. GIO Stadium Canberra will be the location. Now, we remember last year's game... Um, 8-6, the Queensland side defeated New South Wales. There was a uh, penalty uh, towards the end of the game. Um, I remember last year we had quite a discussion on the podcast about uh, how the game was decided with two minutes oh, to go. Oh, that's with a right. Penalty due to ruck interference. Um, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a good head-to-head uh, rivalry over the past few years. Uh, Queensland's won the last couple. New South Wales had the the uh, two years before that. We only have the one standalone game. Uh, there are some um, quality players amongst both uh, both squads. We know the Maroons have players such as uh, Upton, Brigginshaw, who have been um, real superstars of the game in recent years. Um, surges for New South Wales will be one to look out for. But... Um, it's always a game to look look forward to, and um, yeah, it, it's very hard to get a gauge on this one, Griffo, to give a bit of a tip because we haven't seen um, women's football for for a little while, and with the Origin series, it's one game a year, so there's not much to go on on the form guide, and it's not going to mean a lot come Friday night. Yeah. Um... I thought they were going to play two this year, but uh, so it's just the one, is it? I'll have to double check that. I th- I'm just I thought there might have been the one, unless they've they've gone to two. But I thought um, yeah, I can't understand why they don't play three. Uh, that's that's something I don't understand. Um, yeah, the, I, from my understanding, it's just the one as it has been the okay, last. Fair last... enough. All right, so I've just got the team list in front of me here. I have to do a bit of searching to find it. But uh, so New South Wales, the so-called Sky Blues. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm 
loving that name. I thought they could have come up with something better because <laughs> the, the boys wear sky blue as well, but uh, fair sure. enough. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll run with that. So for New South Wales, Emma Tonegato, who was a, a revelation coming back to rugby league after many yep. years playing uh, in the union in the nines. Um, so I think she was the joint player of the year this year and the, the played for the dragons. Yeah. 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 I think, was it her? I think maybe her and Millie Boyle joint, joint player of the year of the Dally M or whatever they give the ladies. Yasmin Clydesdale. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not familiar with, uh, with Yasmin, whether she had a different name and was married or I'm not sure. Are you familiar with? I think she was in the Roosters squad, but I don't recall her playing much football. Um, She has played, I'm pretty sure, in the origin in recent years, but uh, I don't know. I'm just wondering if if that's a married name or not. I I could be completely wrong, but it's it's not a name I'm familiar with. Anyway. Um, Jess Surges and Isabel Kelly, they've been the mainstays yep. of this team, along with uh, Tiana Penitani. Um, Kira Dibb is back this year. She didn't play Origin last year. Um, and uh, she did a really good job a few years ago. Rachel In Pearson. 2019, I think it was she played, so it's a few years. Yeah, at North yeah. Sydney Oval. Uh, she yeah. had a really good game. Um, Rachel Pearson, I think the Dragons half comes yep. in. Um, this is her first Origin game, and then we've got up front uh, Millie Boyle and Samaya Matalfa. Again, lot mainstays of this team: Keely Davis, the nine, Kezi Apps back. Uh, she didn't. She missed quite a lot of the games earlier in the year through injury. Shaley Bent was very good. Uh, in the NRLW and, and Hannah Southwell uh, is someone who uh, has again been a mainstay of the Blues team. Um, from them, she's the really the headgear, really good defender. So we got yeah, know, yes, she's, she yeah, she's been in every yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she's yeah, been she wears and, the headgear, and you'll know she's really she's, I think defender. she's played in um, in all of the Origin games over yeah, the yeah. past four years. So. Yeah, those who watch the Origin game each year will, will recognise her. Yeah, uh, Quincy Dodd, uh, I'm not sure if she's played Origin. She might have. She's sort of, uh, she comes on as a, a sort of a yep. replacement hooker. She played good, last good two speed. years. Yeah, okay. Now, Sarah Tagatuki's uh, again, she's been in good form. Caitlin Johnston, I'm not really fami- familiar with. Um uh, and Olivia Koenig, again, not overly familiar with uh, Olivia, but, but good to see Sam Bremner. She's on the extended bench. She's she's missed a few years. I think she might have had maybe at least one or maybe two children. Uh, she's back. Uh, she's back now. Tegan Berry. Getting on in her career too. She's probably getting close to 30. Yeah. Well, been uh, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. She was sort of, uh, you know, go five, six years ago. Yeah. One of the superstars. But uh, yeah, she's you know she's um, 
had at least one child, maybe two. Tegan Berry, I think, played with the Dragons. Yes. And did well. Philomena Hanisi uh, is a forward from memory. Talay Holmes, not familiar with, and Corbin Buxter may have been the captain of the Roosters side that, that uh, I think, uh, formerly Corbin McGregor. Um, so she's uh, she's played plenty of origin, so not mm-hmm. in the team, but uh, now the, we've got... Uh, and part of the Gillaroos, obviously, as well. Yeah, yeah. Upton's been uh, one of the great players of of women's rugby league over the last two or three years. Bas, Polite, Sisiolka, Robinson's been there before. Taryn Aitken and Brigginshaw again. Um, been very good over the years for the Broncos. Uh, Leonard Uzzi up front, again, another mainstay there. Braley Nati has uh, come back. She, I think she might not have played for the last one or two years. Brittany, uh, very, very good hooker. Marto, I'm not overly familiar with. Harden, Tasman Gray is the sister of Jordan Rapiner. Um, plays in a very similar sort of aggressive fashion. Um, uh, Destiny Brill. Then John Brown, Elliston Hancock is, a, is an absolute veteran who's, who's been a champion of the women's game for, for well over a decade. And I thought had retired, but uh, she's still going around. Steph uh, Hancock. Officer, yeah, Officer I know, Hancock. I know we talk about players that have... Because I just looked it up because I'm like, she's been around for a long time. And I thought it'd be interesting to see. And, and, and credit to her. And I, know, I don't know if uh, you know she'll, she'll appreciate us uh, talking about her age. But at, at age 40, for any athlete 40. to be playing a game like this, Steph, Steph Hancock, yep, born 1982. She's um, older than you. She is. By some years. Yeah. Yeah, she's got five years on me. Um, but, yeah, the, the, absolutely astounding effort. Um, yeah. It, 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 just to be still playing the game, quality, um, and uh, for any athlete in any game, really, at that age, to be at the top level is um, is an outstanding effort. Oh, it is outstanding. Of, uh, Good honour. Of, 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 the, of the sport. Yeah, she... Um... She played with the Gold Coast Titans in their first year. She obviously yep. a mainstay of the Broncos, but um, yeah, so good honor. Uh, new lease of life, obviously. And Tiana Rafstrand Smith. So there's a few names there I'm not overly familiar with. Um, and I don't know uh, who the favorites are. To, oh, uh, referee Belinda Sharp. Now I've got to say, she was the lady who was in control last year. I don't care who referees, whether they're male, female, or unsure these days, but um, as long as they do a good job, that's all we want. And, um, and I don't think she did a good job last year, to be fair. And that's nothing to do with the fact that she's a female. Nothing at all. I just thought she had a bad game. Mm. Um so, um, you know, I wish her well. Um, may the best team win, especially if they're sky blue. It's hard so, to tip this one, and even the bookies are, are struggling. Sports bet, they've got New South Wales at $1.80, Queensland, 2 bucks. Um, 
We'd be hoping New South Wales, but I think like like every year, Griffo, this is going to be one of those tight ones that could go either way, and hopefully it's not a um, not a ruck infringement that decides. Oh, the, no. uh, I mean, it was just a really dour affair last year, mm. and I think you know I, I put that down to the refereeing to, to some degree. Like, see the the referee let them play some footy, see That'd them open nice. expansive game and some try scored. I think um, just to. Yeah, obviously both teams are out there to win, but as a um, as a fan of rugby league, I'd love for this to be something that promotes the the women's game and um, makes people aware of just the the talent that there is in the uh, the female rugby league ranks. And there's plenty of talent, plenty, plenty, plenty of talent, plenty to go around. And look, speaking of plenty of talent, there's also uh, internationals happening this week. Just to just to run through very briefly, because we don't have uh, official team lists yet. Um, Wednesday is the day they're telling us that the actual team lists are out. There's squads that have been announced, but um, tomorrow night, Wednesday the 22nd of June at Belmore, we've got Lebanon taking on Malta. Uh, big game in Auckland on Saturday afternoon. The New Zealand side will take on Tonga. That's going to be an absolute blockbuster. Uh, later on on Saturday uh, at 5.40, you've got Samoa taking on the Cook Islands. Papua New Guinea round out the internationals this week against Fiji on Saturday night. Uh, keeping in mind, all of these games are, all, when I say all of them, I should say the games on Saturday will be available to watch on Nine and KO. Um, but yeah, some great footy to look forward to. A lot of NRL stars going to be on show for their nations this week, Griffo. Um, so with the international Saturday, Origin Sunday, Friday night, um, women's state of origin there's plenty of football still to uh, happen this week and plenty to be excited about even though there's no round of NRL yeah well I'm you know I uh, I am an actual citizen of Malta um, it's my go. my on, on my mother's side uh, it's my heritage um, so I'll obviously be uh, back in the Malta nights um, I I uh, going back a while now but I, I have watched a few of their games in the past I remember actually going and watching uh, at uh, at Seven Hills actually they played at the old uh, Blacktown City Soccer Club ground um, they played the game against the Greeks um, it's probably over a decade ago now uh, and I think the Maltese won that night um, Lebanon obviously uh, a highly ranked rugby league uh, nation uh, would be expected to win this game. They won't have their NRL stars and uh, trying to get a, a team list up, but uh, not available. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tune in tomorrow night. Hopefully, I'll remember uh, some some Wednesday night rugby league. Or oh, I'm hoping. What time we knock off tomorrow, Graham? You know, at the um... parent teacher. Seven o'clock, I think, uh, okay. full time. All right. So I might miss a bit of that. But I have to remember when I get on to switch on KO because um, there is a, a transmission in that game. Beautiful. Um, the game I'm really looking forward to is the uh, the Tongans uh, up against the New Zealand uh, Kiwis. Both of those sides are stacked with uh, absolute talent. Um, they they did make the squads available, but as you said, haven't picked the teams. But but that is going to be uh, a Friday night delight. I think uh, playing 
out of Auckland. Um, so you'd expect a packed house. First game of, of high-level rugby league for probably nearly three years in over in New Zealand. So that's one to watch for sure. Yeah, definitely. So plenty of good footy this weekend. Uh, I think that'll just about do us, mate. As, um, as we said, plenty to talk about. We'll be back on deck next week to have a look at what happened in all the internationals as well as the origin and look ahead to, um, well, at that stage, it'll be round 16 of the premiership. So we're getting right into the pointy end. Who'd have thought that we'd be this far, you know, this far along? It just feels as though we've only just started, but um, there's, there's plenty to look forward to. And um, as always, uh, thank you for listening, and we look forward to the State of Origin this week. It's um, Absolutely. Yeah, really exciting times. Don't forget to check out the internationals, and we hope you all have a good week. Have a good week. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back next week. There's not another week of morning. <laughs>